Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Has anybody seen any good mug shots lately? I think that this is going to go down in history as the most famous mug shot in the entire world. In the history of planet Earth. This mugshot, let's bring it up on the screen to take a look at it. There were so many fake mugshots that were circulating on X, formerly known as Twitter, the night that Trump what, surrendered to Fulton County Jail. And many of them were very good, but when this one came out and it was official, I was like, man, oh man, man, oh man. Since this mugshot was released, President Trump has raised over $7.1 million. $7.1 million. He raised $4 million on Friday alone, which is a record. This according to Politico. Let me read this from Politico. Donald Trump has turned his Georgia mugshot into a record-breaking fundraising hall. The former president has raised $7.1 million. And this was from the 26th, this article, by the way has raised $7.1 million since he was booked at an Atlanta jail Thursday evening. According to figures provided first to Politico by his campaign, on Friday alone, Trump raised $4.18 million, making it the single highest 24-hour period of his campaign to date. The campaign's fundraising has been powered by merchandise it has been selling through its online store. After Trump was taken into custody, the campaign began selling shirts, posters, bumper stickers, and beverage coolers bearing Trump's scowling mugshot. The items bear the tagline, never surrender, and range in price from $12 to $34. I think we can all agree that it's completely genius for Trump to have a merchandise line based on this. He also returned, and you have to wonder if this fundraising haul was based partially on what you are seeing on the screen right now. This is... President Trump's triumphant return to X, formerly known as Twitter. This really is a triumphant return. President Trump was banned from Twitter under Jack Dorsey following January 6th or on January 6th or January 7th. He was reinstated by Elon Musk, but he never tweeted. He never returned. He was simply allowed to return, but he claimed that he wanted to be exclusive to Truth Social. I'm, I suspect that it's because he has contractual obligations to Truth Social and not because he has anything against coming back to X. But he returns to X with the following post. It reads, it's his mugshot, of course. And it reads, mugshot, August 24th, 2023, election interference, never surrender, DonaldJTrump.com. And the caption is DonaldJTrump.com. Now this post on X has been viewed 249 million times. 249 million pairs of eyeballs have seen this post. So I think we've solved the mystery of why President Trump has grossed this amount in fundraising because, and I'm interested to to know if you feel the same way, I didn't know exactly what to expect when President Trump, um, when when we anticipated that President Trump would have his mugshot taken in Fulton County, Georgia. I thought, well, that's an indignity. I thought that's humiliating. There's no reason that they need a mugshot. Everyone in the world knows what Donald Trump looks like. He's arguably the most famous person on earth. The only reason to do that is because the left who controls the law enforcement apparatus is 
weaponizing that to target him, to try to humiliate him and take him down. And they're trying to treat him like a common criminal, hoping that he will break, hoping that he will recant the claims that he made about the 2020 presidential election being um, being stolen. And I was glad in Manhattan and during these other indictments when President Trump didn't have a mugshot. Yet, yet, when this mugshot was released, my feelings were not what I expected them to be. I this This mugshot, let's just say, backfired on the left. Tremendously, exponentially backfired on the left because as soon as I saw this, I thought, okay, that was what was missing from the GOP debate. That face, that scowl, those pairs of eyes, that defiance, the unwillingness to back down even when your political enemies are trying to crush you using the power of the US government. I mean, if you don't feel somewhat invigorated by that, Joel Pollack uh, posted this on X. Let me read you this. He said, before, it felt like the mugshot would be the worst thing they could do, the lowest indignity. Now that they've done it, there's almost a sense of excitement. Like they've taken their best shot and the guy is still standing. The fear is gone, replaced by the thrill of the fight. Joel is exactly right. That's exactly how I feel. He encapsulated it perfectly. And I compare it to how I felt after the debate just the day before. Wednesday night's GOP debate in Milwaukee. Afterward, I felt annoyed. I felt bored. (laughs) I felt demoralized. Like, oh my gosh, all of these losers up on the stage. None of them gets it. None of them can save the country. Like, nobody wins here. I felt annoyed and demoralized. And after the smug shot, I feel reinvigorated. And not, by the way, because I'm some diehard loyalist on the Trump train. Not at all. I think President Trump handled COVID the worst he could possibly have handled it during his fourth year of of his presidency. And I can't get past that. That's not something I can brush under the rug. That's not something that I can dismiss. That's something that we are feeling the harmful repercussions of to this day that he could have prevented as president of the United States. And I I can't just ignore that. So it's not because I'm some diehard loyalist to President Trump. It's because When we see that mugshot of President Trump, it's a visual representation that causes a visceral reaction in our guts because we know that they want to do that to us. We know that just like in 2015, when President Trump stood before the American people, not as a politician, but just as a rich guy and said, listen, I've been in this elitist club. I know that they cheat and I know they're deliberately screwing you over. So now I'm going to stand in the line of fire, in their line of fire on your behalf and stand up for you. And so many Americans for the first time were like, yes, I feel seen. I have a champion, someone who's willing to take the punches to stand up for me. That's how this mugshot, that's the feelings that are evoked by this mugshot. Once again, President Trump is standing in this line of fire that these government officials, these radical leftists, these Marxists, these evil people in charge of our government actually want to come after us. And yet President Trump's face is the one in that mugshot because he's standing between those evil government officials and us. And those are the 2015 feelings all over again. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Now, the Fulton County Jail, by the way, that the left is celebrating the fact that President Trump surrendered to this jail. The Fulton County Jail was actually in the crosshairs of the left. They were criticizing, which the left was actively celebrating the fact that President Trump surrendered at this jail. Just a couple months ago, the left had this in their crosshairs as as a violator of civil rights because three inmates, this is according to justthenews.com, three inmates in the month of August were found unresponsive in cells in the Fulton County Jail before being pronounced dead. That's significant. This is what Just the News reports. Before liberals cheered Donald Trump's booking, At the Fulton County Jail this month, they were decrying the facility's deplorable conditions that have led to numerous deaths and an ongoing federal civil rights investigation. The Fulton County Sheriff's Office in Atlanta announced last week that a 66-year-old inmate named Alexander Hawkins was found unresponsive in a medical unit cell before being pronounced dead. Medical personnel were unsuccessful at attempts to revive Hawkins, and he died, the Sheriff's Department said. It was the third death this month in the jail and the seventh since the beginning of the year, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Two other inmates who passed away this month include Christopher Smith and Monte Stinson. Smith was found unresponsive in a medical unit cell on August 10th and passed away at a hospital on August 11th. Stinson was also found unresponsive in his cell on July 31st at around 11.45 p.m. According to a release from the sheriff's department, he was found with no obvious signs of injury. Last month, the U.S. Department of Justice launched a civil rights investigation into the conditions of the jail to determine if any rights of prisoners were being violated. The DOJ said there were credible allegations that, quote, Fulton County Jail is structurally unsafe, that prevalent violence has resulted in serious injuries and homicides, and that officers are being prosecuted for using excessive force. Attorney General Merrick Garland said in a statement, people in prisons and jails are entitled to basic protections of their civil rights. We launched this investigation into the Fulton County Jail based on serious allegations of unsafe, unsanitary living conditions at the jail, excessive force and violence within the jail, discrimination against incarcerated individuals with mental health issues, and failure to provide adequate medical care to incarcerated individuals. During this comprehensive review of the conditions of confinement at the Fulton County Jail, the Justice Department will determine whether systemic violations of federal laws exist, and if so, how to correct them. The conditions and overcrowding at this jail have long been notorious, generating concerns among liberal civil rights activists that reached a crescendo just weeks before Trump's booking on Thursday. So the point of all of this is that the left essentially was using Fulton County Jail as an example of why we should quote-unquote abolish prisons until... Fulton County Jail became the, po- the place where Jenna Ellis and John Eastman and Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell and eventually culminating in Donald Trump surrendering. As soon as these prominent Republican figures surrendered to this jail, suddenly the deplorable conditions at this jail, the possible civil rights violations, the violence, the excessive force, the unsanitary conditions, the lack of safety, suddenly that became funny. It became something that the left enjoyed because the left actually wants two two tiers of justice. They want justice 
or, or, and I say justice, putting it in quotation marks, they want one version of quote-unquote justice for leftists, and they want another version of quote-unquote justice for Republicans. They want us to be persecuted, and they want leftists not to have any repercussions for any actions, whether it's racism, whether it's violence, whether it's looting, whether it's arson, whatever it may be. And Fulton County Jail is a perfect example of that. So the prosecutor in this whole shebang, Fannie Willis, remember that her charges against all of these people, it's not just Donald Trump. It's, it's, it's again, it's Jenna Ellis, it's Sidney Powell, it's Rudy Giuliani, it's John Eastman, it's Donald Trump and uh, Mark Meadows and others. The premise of this indictment is an indictment of free speech. What this group of people, President Trump and his lawyers and his presidential staff were doing after the 2020 election were trying to figure out the best way to use our system of government in order to pursue recourse for the grievance of the 2020 election, which we have a constitutional right to petition the government for a redress of grievance, grievances, and his lawyers were giving him advice on the best way to do this, what, what avenues he had, what opportunities he could take to actually uh, use the power of the government to, to address this, this grievance that he was, that he believed happened, that many of us believed happened. Um, and Fannie Willis indicted all of these people on the basis that you're not allowed to question the outcome of an election, that that's racketeering, that you're not allowed to make phone calls to other elected officials about election procedures, that that's somehow pressuring these elected officials, whether it's in, in Georgia, whether it's in other states, to create or, 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 or produce fraudulent ballots. I mean, it, it's so bananas. We talked about it. We did a breakdown of the actual charges on an episode um, early last week. If you haven't listened to that, go back and take a listen to that. But the essence of this is that President Trump tweeted, you know, turn on the television and watch this hearing and, and make sure that you take part in our election process. And he tweeted something about the election being stolen. And those tweets are the basis for these indictments. It's just his opinion, his free speech, his, his righteous indignation that what happened during the 2020 election happened during the 2020 election. Well, Obviously, you and I can sit here and talk about how wrong that is, talk about how unjust that is, talk about how what a threat to our entire constitutional order that is, that we're not a free country if we don't have free speech, and all of that is true. But what's ironic is that Fannie Willis, the prosecutor bringing these charges against President Trump, has committed all of these offenses herself. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is what he said. Fannie Willis regularly questioned election results and used her office to push unfounded election conspiracies. He posted a screenshot of what looks to be a Facebook status um, from November 4th of 2020. It says Fannie Willis is feeling annoyed. 
She posted, Georgia could determine who is our next president. A team of lawyers needs to watch them count every single vote. They can start in Fulton where we are having water leaks. What ballots are they throwing out? Georgia, let's give an honest accounting, no stunts. Okay, so how is this materially different, Fannie Willis, from what President Trump did? Asking if there was election integrity and how it was and how it was enforced. Of course, there's no material difference. Benny Johnson goes on to say a dive into Fannie Willis's social media proves that she's a hardened radical activist, not an unbiased attorney. Fannie's pages are littered with BLM propaganda and deep partisan adherence to left-wing ideology. She openly worships Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. There's a picture of Fannie Willis with a Black Lives Matter activist. You can also see this next picture. He says, Fulton County DA Fannie Willis has blatantly and quite illegally used her office for partisan political activity. Imagine thinking you'll get quote unquote justice from a person with a proud Democrat mug displayed prominently in their public office. You can see this on Fannie Willis's desk. Benny Johnson then goes, as a public official, Fannie Willis regularly and consistently questioned Georgia's election procedures and pushed unfounded election conspiracy theories on her public social media profile. Fannie is indicting Trump for the exact same thing. Here's a list of examples. He then shows a screenshot of a Yahoo article that says absentee ballot counting in Georgia's most populous county delayed four hours after a water pipe burst. And Fannie Willis captions this and says, why Fulton? Now, the reason she says why Fulton is because Fulton County was a swing, a swing district. It's one of the most important counties electorally for the outcome of the, the election for the entire country. So why Fulton is an insinuation, a very obvious insinuation that she thinks that absentee ballot counting in Georgia's most populous county delayed four hours after a water pipe burst is some kind of conspiracy to rig the election. This is no different than the questions that President Trump has posed, except in this case, Fannie Willis's allegations are false, and President Trump's allegations that funny business, to put it nicely, happened in 2020 are true. Benny Johnson goes on to say, in the days following the 2018 midterms, Fannie Willis expressed concerns about the election not being properly run by implying all votes were, weren't counted. In a, Facebook wrote, or in a Facebook post, she wrote, okay, I'm watching FGTV and Marvin Arrington Jr. request all ballots in Fulton County be counted again to make sure all votes counted. The other commissioners sat silent. No other commissioner seconded his motion. Ask yourself why. Y'all better start paying attention to what is really going on instead of reality TV and pay attention to reality. So what is the insinuation here? Why would she post something like that? The only reason she would post something like that is if she was insinuating that the election was run improperly or that ballots that should have been counted weren't being counted. Benny goes on to say, hours after the last ballots in the 2018 midterms were cast, Fannie Willis openly boasts about the power Georgia's Secretary of State has to control elections. And then she says, how many of you will vote in a December runoff? Secretary of State will definitely be on the ballot. That person controls election. I wonder if we will realize that is an important role. Well, of course it is. Of course it is. And it goes on and on, on and on. Fannie Willis also, if you scroll down just a little bit further past this, past this electoral map scribbled out, Benny Johnson says, in a subsequent Facebook post, Fannie Willis agrees with a racially motivated commenter that, quote, only white folk are voting in the election by expressing skepticism in voting data by replying, they're at like 116%. I'm so annoyed. Where are we? As you can see, Fannie Willis, well within her right, is questioning election procedures and how those election procedures were administered and whether the administration of those election procedures impacted the vote count and ultimately the outcome of various elections. 
she's perfectly allowed to do that. She's certainly allowed to do that. It's not only her right to free, to free speech, she's actually allowed to um, petition the government for a redress of these grievances if she has proof that something fishy happened. But wait a second, if Fannie Willis has a right to do this, then so does Donald Trump. And if Donald Trump is being indicted and thrown in jail, which he was for questioning election procedures and the outcome of an election in the same way that Fannie Willis did, then why is he being indicted and she isn't? Here's the thing. Here's what Republicans don't understand or refuse to understand because Republicans are generally nice people and kind people and good faith people. They believe the best about others. The only way to stop these political prosecutions, the only way to prevent Democrats from weaponizing law enforcement and the power of government, local and federal, against their political opponents, it's for Republicans to respond in kind. The only way, and I know some people are gonna say, well, we shouldn't stoop to their level. The only way that we stop this from becoming the norm is if conservative and Republican district attorneys in localities and states across the country that have friendly jury pools, meaning you don't wanna do this in New York, you don't wanna do this in big cities in California where a jury's not gonna actually look at the, at the law, they're just going to be biased towards Democrats. The only way the Democrats stop political prosecutions of Republicans is if Republican and conservative DAs across the country start indicting Hillary Clinton, start indicting James Comey, start indicting Jim Clapper, start indicting Hunter Biden, start indicting Joe Biden, and relentlessly pursue those prosecutions until the left says, okay, okay, we're not gonna do that to you because the difference, of course, is that when it comes to the Democrats, these aren't weaponized prosecutions. Hillary Clinton deserves to be prosecuted. She violated laws. Joe Biden and Hunter Biden deserve to be prosecuted because they violated laws that put the national security of the United States at risk. James Comey was not only negligent, he was part of a plot involving the media and the FBI and the deep state to try to take out President Trump because James Comey didn't like President Trump. These people actually deserve to be in prison. Whereas Donald Trump and John Ellis and John Eastman and Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell do not. Until and unless Republicans prosecute Democrats at the local level, we know Congress isn't gonna do it, then this political prosecution of Republicans is going to continue. There are 14 US cities, 14 big US cities who are part of a pact to eliminate meat, air travel, and private vehicles by the year 2030. You may not have heard of this before. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on the first TV. Watch the first on DirecTV Channel 347, UVerse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. I want to bring this up. This was written, this is from The Federalist, written by, this report, I should say, came from Avita Duffy Alfonso at The Federalist. And she writes, 14 major American cities are part of a globalist climate organization known as the C40 Cities Climate Leadership Group, which has a, quote, ambitious targets by the year 2013 of zero kilograms of meat consumption zero kilograms of dairy consumption, three new clothing items per person per year, zero private vehicles owned, and one short haul return flight, less than 1,500 kilometers every three years per person. C40's dystopian goals can be found in its The Future of Urban Consumption at the 1.5% Celsius World Report, which was published in 2019 and reportedly re-emphasized in 2023. The organization is headed and largely funded by Democrat billionaire Michael Bloomberg. Nearly 100 cities, according to the Federalists, across the world make up the organization and its American members include, I hope that you don't live in these cities, Austin, Boston, Chicago, Houston, Los Angeles, Miami, New Orleans, New York City, Philadelphia, Phoenix, Portland, San Francisco, Washington, D.C., and Seattle. Now, I got to tell you, the ones that really disappointed me, Miami, Miami, really, and Florida. And of course, we've known that, that the big cities in Texas, especially Austin and Houston, were turning blue. But Houston, really? Houston and Miami shocked me. The Federalist writes, media coverage of C40 City's goals have been relatively sparse. The few media personalities and news outlets who have discussed it have been heavily attacked by the corporate fact checkers. In a quote-unquote fact check aimed at conservative commentator Glenn Beck, AFP fact check claimed that the banning of meat and dairy and limits on air travel and clothing consumption were actually not policy recommendations. AFP, this is hilarious because I see this all the time in fact checks I get on my stuff. AFP quotes a paragraph from the original The Future of Urban Consumption in a one and a half degree Celsius world report, which reads, quote, this report does not advocate for the wholesale adoption of these more ambitious targets in C40 cities. Rather, they are included to provide a set of reference points that cities and other actors can reflect on when considering different emission reduction alternatives and long-term urban visions. That absolutely cracked me up because of course it's just their defense mechanism to say, oh, we're not trying to ban this. We don't want to take away your car and your ability to fly to visit your family. We don't want you to never eat red meat again. We don't want you to get only three new pairs of socks every year. This is just our ambitious vision, right? This is what the Federalist writes. This paragraph, likely included in the report as a liability in the case of pushback, seems to directly contradict the meaning of target, which in this context can be defined as a desired goal. The target of eliminating meat and dairy and private vehicles by 2013 is, quote, based on a future vision of resource-efficient production and extensive changes in consumer choices. This, according to the report, 
something, these, these goals are something, the Federalist writes, its authors clearly hope to bring about. If these were not their goals, they would not have labeled them as ambitious targets. The fact checkers' insistence that C40 cities explicitly stated climate goals are somehow insincere is even more unconvincing given that we are watching them start to unfold right now. This year in lockstep with C40 cities 2030 aims, New York City Mayor Eric Adams announced that the city will place caps on the amount of meat and dairy served by city institutions, such as schools and prisons. Meanwhile, the UK has banned the sale of new gas-powered vehicles after 2030, and France has banned short-haul flights to, quote, cut carbon emissions. Well, well, well. 14 US cities have signed on to this pact. This pact intended to eliminate meat and dairy and private vehicles and air travel and clothing consumption. Now, please note, fact checkers, as you are scrolling through, uh, yeah, as you are scanning through my words, they say, intended to eliminate. I'm not saying ban. It seems to me that that's the strategy that the left prefers. They prefer to use the power of government to enforce things like this. That's my speculation, my educated guess. I remain unconvinced that they're simply trying to stage a change of heart and mind in all of us. I remain unconvinced that they will stand aside and say, government, it's not your role to tell people what they're supposed to eat. It's not your role to prevent people from buying new shoes if they need new shoes. I remain unconvinced that they will not try to use government to ban these things, but they certainly want to eliminate these things. And there are many ways that these things could be eliminated without the power of government, such as ESG. What if this becomes part of ESG and big corporations like BlackRock and Bank of America, financial institutions on which businesses rely? What if this becomes part of ESG scores and businesses are forced to adhere to this? What if smaller businesses, if they don't embrace these goals the way that they've embraced Black Lives Matter, the way that they've embraced the trans ideology, what if they refuse to embrace these goals? Will they be sidelined from the market? The answer to that is, of course, yes, because the left isn't stupid. They both use the power of government when they can get away with it, and they've also created this apparatus of control outside of government, these global elitists, and it's almost as effective as the power of government in impacting our lives and our behavior. So you can quibble with the word ban, you can quibble with the word eliminate. The point is, the vision that the left has for our country, what the left wants for you, and your family is they want you to be able to buy three pairs of underwear a year and that's all. No new winter coat, no back to school clothing, no new jeans. When your child, your, your little boy outgrows his summer clothes, nothing new, just three new pairs, three new pieces of items of clothing every year, that's it. No dairy, no meat, no private car, no visiting the grandparents when they're sick because that's one flight, one short haul flight every three years per person, that's it. This is what they want for you. It's of secondary importance how they intend to actually execute this and bring this about, but that's what they envision for you. And every time they say the word climate change, every time they say the word climate crisis, they are trying to use that to put fear in your mind to convince you that this way of life, this destitution that they want for us is the answer. It's terrifying. We have time for one more random thing from the internet. This is quite funny. This is a skit about looters in the state of California. Take a look. 
Okay, everybody, great work today. Way to step it up. Uh, Greg, excellent job with the Gucci bag, but remember, we gotta keep it under $950, okay? California doesn't care if we steal anything <laughs> less than $950. But if we go over that, the police might call our parents. Yeah, maybe even give us a timeout. No oh, way. Uh, yeah, not on my watch. Susie, <laughs> I know you're new here, but you stole Crocs for some reason. Maybe step it up, yeah? Yes, sir, you in the back. We're running out of places to steal stuff. Can we move to a different state? Yeah, we're not doing that, okay? Every other state is, okay, not California, okay? That's why we do what we do where we do it, okay? I'll leave you with this, guys. Remember to keep it thrifty and nifty all while under 950. You guys are getting it. All right, everybody hands in. Okay, we are pieces of on three. One, two. <laughs> this is hilarious, except it's also accurate. Like, he could actually be giving this workshop in California. The police wouldn't stop him from stealing anything under $950 worth. So funny. I do like when people use comedy to bring attention to political issues because you see that and you know that it's absurd. Even if you're a Democrat, you know that is wrong. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.